The Seventh Word Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. The Seventh Word is taken from the Gospel according to Luke. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon because of an eclipse of the sun. Then the veil of the temple was torn down the middle. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. Our speaker is Dominican Sister Lori Brink, preaching at St. James Cathedral in 2018. The process of crucifixion was so horrible that it was seldom described even by Roman writers. But the passion and crucifixion of Jesus was still written about Jesus. Paul would call the cross a scandal, and pagans would mock Christians as worshipers of a crucified criminal. And though we have attended to both the literal and metaphorical meanings of our last words of Christ, on this day, when we remember that Good Friday so many years ago, let's be absolutely clear about the historical reality of the cross. All the Gospels name the place of crucifixion, the skull, which John gives the Hebrew, Golgotha. In Latin, the word is Calvaria, where we get Calvary. It is the name of a place of execution near Jerusalem, so-called either because skulls were left there or the hill looked like a skull. The upright of the crosses likely remained in place while the victims had to carry the crossbeam. John indicates that Jesus' hands and feet were nailed to the cross, but victims were also tied. Archaeologists discovered the remains of a crucified man in a burial outside Jerusalem. One of his ankle bones still held the nails that attached him to the cross. The victim's feet straddled the upright with a nail piercing each ankle bone and pinning it to the beam. The agonizing process of dying could take several days, and the victims eventually suffocated. Those to be crucified were beaten before they were hung, the blood loss hastening their death. John recounts that Pilate ordered the victims' legs broken. That's because if they were no longer able to hold themselves up and take a breath, they would asphyxiate 
from the weight of their body. To mediate the suffering, if only in part, prisoners were given a draught of sour wine mixed with an antioxidant. And now we come to our last word. It was now about noon, and darkness covered the whole land until three in the afternoon, because of an eclipse of the sun. Then the veil of the temple was torn down the middle. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The infant for whom hosts of angels sang glory to God in the highest, the young boy who risked his parents' ire to sit in the house of his father, the man upon whom the Holy Spirit descended and God's voice announced, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The hope of the ill, the joy of the sinner, the blessing of tax collectors. This Jesus of Nazareth is dead. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. As the evangelist Mark had done before him, Luke records that Jesus' last words are a recitation of a verse from Scripture. In Psalm 31, we hear, In you, Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Make haste to rescue me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your namesake, lead me and guide me. Free me from the net they have set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, Lord God of truth. Jesus never gives up hope. With his dying breath, Jesus communicates his complete trust that God is a rock of refuge and a redeemer. Then Jesus gives himself God. Jesus' dying words are a confident acclamation of God's redemption. From God's vantage, Jesus has remained ever faithful to God's mission, even to the point of death. It is this hopeful spirit that St. Paul encourages us to develop. In his letter to the Philippians, he writes, Have among yourselves the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped 
Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and coming in human likeness and found in human appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Have among yourselves the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus. As we stand before the cross, reflecting on the last words of Christ, do we hold that same attitude that is of Christ Jesus? Are we able to lift up our own suffering and pain, our disappointments and tragedies, and trust that the God who did not abandon Jesus will not abandon us? My brothers and sisters, the goal of Good Friday isn't the endurance of suffering. It isn't a noble death or a stoic acceptance of what is. The true test of Good Friday is trust. Trust that Easter is coming even if we have not yet experienced it. It is, in a word, to have faith. For faith is the realization of what is hoped for, an evidence of things not seen. The true test of Good Friday is to trust that if we commend our spirit to the Father, God has the last word.